Lock on transporters. Beam us up. Scotty. If everything goes according to plan, come beam us up. Captain, beam me up. Hello and welcome to Put Me Up Scotty, a podcast where we rewatch all of Star Trek in chronological order. I am Andrea. And I am Oshin. Today we're discussing Enterprise Season 2, Episode 7, called The Seventh, where Tapal asks Captain Archer to join her on a mission to capture a Vulcan fugitive who escaped her years ago. Um, so, this episode had the potential to go with another one. But we're, we're discussing it on its own because I think that the conversation within the episode is important to have. And I know that we're going to have a long episode <laughs> that we're going to talk a lot about it. Yeah. But I don't think the episode itself deserves to be on its own. How do you feel about that? Uh, yeah, I, I, I was in agreement because I watched this first and insight into how we how we run the podcast is one of us will watch the episode first. Now? Season two. Inter- we, we didn't really run it in season one. But uh, <laughs> uh, how we do the podcast now is one of us will watch the episode and let the other one know whether there's enough in that episode to be in one podcast episode or could we fit two Star Trek episodes into one podcast episode? Like last week's. Yeah. And this was an episode where I felt it could have gone either way. Like you say, I think there's a discussion to be had about the moral quandary in the episode. Right. But the episode itself, I think, is pretty average. It could have been better. Yeah. It was a mixed bag. I mean, it could have been worse. It could have been a lot worse. It could have been <laughs> a lot worse. I enjoyed it because we did get a lot of character development for T'Pol. And once mm-hmm. again, that actress got an opportunity to show how excellent she is in that role. But we did also get more development in her relationship with Archer. And I did not love that. That's one of my notes. That's one of my notes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's just jump into it. Let's just go ahead. Was Paul right? Um, this is a Paul centric episode, so I think it's fair to discuss whether she's right at the beginning, and then use that information to continue our discussion on the episode. And I think. Call me crazy, but she's not right this episode. Mm-mm, she makes mistakes. She makes oopsie. She does make oopsie. My big question, and I was going to pose this at the end, but they're very much tied together. Uh, my big question was, is Archer right? Well, he was right in certain moments, and then he was definitely wrong in certain moments. Okay. and I'm, I, I, Which is normal for Archer. There's a big moment at the end of the episode, which is what raised the question for me. I think maybe that's the moment we're going to have the biggest discussion about. Yeah. But let's recap, because you've watched this episode more recently than I have. Yeah. So 
why don't you recap me? What was Paul's position at the beginning of the episode? This this feels honestly like an exam. Like you read this book. Now tell me what's the position of this character <laughs> at the beginning of the book. Um, she was very beautiful. Honestly, <laughs> I remember that. Mm-hmm. And she was scared once she had the conversation with the Vulcan High Command. And went to Archer. I think she was scared. She was tense. She was not her stoic self already when the first conversation happened. I don't know if that's what you were asking me. What the the position? That's such a weird question to ask me. You were asking is she right, and I was just wondering what was her position that she was right or wrong about. Um. Well, see now when I say she's not right. Sometimes you're not right on your own, and sometimes you're not right with the help of other people. <laughs> like, in this episode, there is the highest amount of brainwashing and gaslighting that I've ever seen in Star Trek. They literally brainwash her to forget what she's done. So, if we take what happens, even though she doesn't remember... I'm pretty sure that she's not wrong for what she did back in Risa to the friend or partner. She says that he was his partner or his friend. I'm not sure. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, so I don't think she's wrong for that because they had reason to believe that they were aggressive or dangerous and she did what she had to. The problem becomes... Apparent when they take her memories, right? They make her believe one thing to delete the death from her memories and the feelings associated with killing someone. And then she's put into the position of having to face the same man again. Like, I don't know what they were thinking that would happen. Like, I don't know if they thought that they wouldn't trigger the memory again to see him again because... High Command is the one contacting her to finish the job. So, sir, ma'am, what are you doing? But then I do think that she's wrong in letting this guy convince her and gaslight her into thinking that he's innocent. Because, Paul, you know better. What are you doing? Why are you being emotional? And obviously it's emotional because she's relieving everything, right? Like, she's she's getting her memories back, so she's all... But, ma'am, you're usually the voice of reason. If we cannot trust the Paul, who do we trust? Archer? <laughs> I'd rather die. <laughs> That's why I think she's wrong, but I don't think it's because of her. I think it's because of what they did to her, and she's all messed up. And at the end, she acts. She does what she has to do. Like, she's not wrong until the end. But it's just that moment of being like, Paul. Sort yourself out. Yeah, it's really weird. And I just want to clarify something because my interpretation of it, because you're saying they did this to her and they brainwashed her. My interpretation of it was that she did do that voluntarily because that's just the Vulcan way. No? Mm, She says it's an obsolete Vulcan ritual. Oh, I must have been taking notes or something. I missed that. 
Yeah, he says that. So I assume that they did it under the table, like. So usually, she would have been expected to repress that emotion of killing someone, guilt and stuff, but that she wasn't able to do that fully, and so they resorted to this obsolete practice. Probably, yeah. Because it is made clear that the Vulcan High Command wants to know where everybody is. It doesn't matter if they're dead or alive. So I don't think they were upset that she killed one of them. Yeah. Because they just wanted all of them accounted for. Yeah, and you see, this is why I am not as harsh on Tukal for allowing Menos to gaslight her, as you say, because we as the audience know how sneaky and tricky the Vulcans can be, because we've seen them spying on the Endorians. Right. I mean, the fact that they even want to keep track of all the Vulcans is questionable. Yeah, I mean, this this whole episode is questionable on the part of the Vulcans. Yeah, because I was questioning. I didn't know. I have to give props to the writers, because... I didn't know how this episode was going to end. Is this going to be an episode where T'Pol finds herself questioning the Vulcans again, as she did at the end of the Andorian incident? Or is this an episode that it's going to turn out, oh, he actually is evil, and he's he's doing a really good job of hiding it and putting doubt in her mind? I didn't know who to trust. And in the end, I don't think either party can be trusted. I think they're both as bad as each other, because they've both gaslighted her, in a way. Yeah. Listen, I'm I'm not being hard on her. Again, I don't think it's her fault that she fucked up. Like, I would have said if she had her memories of what happened and she had worked through them and made peace with them, I don't think that the mission would have affected her in the same way and I think that she would have not doubted the Vulcans and she would have done her mission of capturing him and bringing him back to Vulcan. As Archer said... Sadly, I have to give him something, but as he said, You were sent to apprehend him, not to judge him. We can only hope that the Vulcans will give him a fair trial. I don't think that's going to happen, but if your mission is to get him, that's your mission. And I think that if she didn't have... What did I write? (laughs) It's a brainwashing bucket of shit. And I think that's her situation. So if she wasn't in the middle of a bucket of shit, I wouldn't be like, oh, she's wrong. Because she's not wrong. They're wrong for her, but she's wrong. A little bit. Yeah. I do think the writers gave themselves and us as the audience an easy out in making Menos guilty and everything that the Vulcan said he is. And I can't help but feel that if the writers had had a bit more, if they'd been a bit more daring maybe, and actually left it up in the air as to whether he was what he said he was, or he was what the Vulcan said he was, if there was any ambiguity as to his guilt, I don't think Archer's point would have been what it was, or had the impact that it was, because we've seen so many shows and movies where someone is sent to retrieve someone who they believe is bad and then they get to know that person over the course of the movie and at the end of the movie they let that person go because they've bonded or they've realized that everything isn't what it seems and i can imagine a version of this episode where 
Menos is actually just someone who wanted to live an ordinary life on this other planet and had a family and Tapal just lets him go and goes back to the Vulcans and says, couldn't find him, he got away again. Yeah, I mean, I could see that happening. At the end of the day, that's a normal trope in TV and, and cinema, so... We've literally seen it this season with Carbon Creek. Tapal's ancestor let, what's his name, go live out his life on Earth. So yeah, we've seen that play out before. Now it's not the exact same situation because that Vulcan wasn't supposedly guilty of a crime, but that is a Vulcan who should have been accounted for and Paul's ancestor lied for his benefit and said he died in the crash when he didn't. Well, let's not talk about that episode, shall we? Okay. <laughs> no, I was, we're I not going to get into that again. But yeah, no, I, I, no, I know. It's the use of the trope. I understand. I understand. Um, I have a question that I want to pose to you about this episode. Would you say that honor is an emotional thing or a rational thing? Because he asks, why can't other Vulcans do it? And she's like, it's an honor thing. And when I think honor, I think pride. And when I think pride, I think emotion. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if it's either emotional or rational. I think honor is definitely subjective. I think people have different codes of honor. Some people have codes of honor that I right. disagree with. I think honor ties in with morality. And I don't know if you can call morals emotional or, or rational. They're kind of like a gray area. Like for me... My morals are, are quite pragmatic. I approach my morals pragmatically as in, well, this just makes sense to me. I don't see that as an emotion. Like, I get emotional about my morals, and when things seem to go against what I view as right, I get emotional about that. But for me, my morals are based in common sense and what is best. And that, I take a very rational approach to that, if that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know if I do. <laughs> I um I I would say I do I also approach my morals logically because I don't think my morals have changed since I started thinking. Like, <laughs> like I'm pretty much set on my ways. I think what's fair is fair and I may change my opinion on something, but it's because I've learned more and I realize that it aligns with what I do or do not support. Yeah. But that's logical. Like, oh, so if I support this, and this is like that, it's okay to change your mind, because it works the same way. But because of my emotional reaction to it, I wouldn't call my morals logical, because I do have a very strong emotional reaction when something is not going right. Yeah, of course. And I, as I said, I do too. But your morals and what you've decided are your morals... They're things that you've thought through, and so you've rationalized them for yourself. Like, they're not just a feeling. You can justify your morals. I can have a discussion with you where we both justify, like, if we disagreed, we could both yeah. justify our morals to each other. So we've thought them through, and I think that goes the same with everything. I feel like honor is a very outdated term. Like, I've never used I don't think I would use the term honor. Honor, to me, is a very... I, I, would, I would associate honor with kind of tropes or parts of toxic masculinity like i feel like it's a term that would be used yeah. by 
manly men, men, oh, I have to protect my honor or I have to protect her honor. And it's this, yeah. like you say, pride. It's this idea of someone has slandered me or done something to dispute my honor. And it's something that will come up in future series of Star Trek when we discuss the Klingons, because the Klingons are obsessed with honor, and the Klingons are basically a race of toxic men. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have used honored. I think I'm honored when my friends or special people do something like when I push people to do something that then they come back to me and say that was the good choice. That's honorable for me to know that I pushed you to do something that you think is good. Yeah. Or for me, it would be when someone trusts me with something or right like they've asked me to do something or they've confided something in me that that affects my pride that makes me feel proud of myself but this person has trusted me with right this. but it's not a it, it usually for me it usually happens when someone says oh you're the first person to know you're the first person to notice you're the first person to the when i'm the first person in someone's life to help them or do something positive yeah <laughs> hopefully <laughs> That's when I usually say, oh, I'm honored. You feel that way because your pride feels good. But I don't think it's a prideful thing. Like when you talk about toxic masculinity, it is a prideful thing. They feel their ego in a negative way. Yeah. Like, oh, you insulted my wife. I have to defend her. And it's out of pride that they're doing it because that kind of person usually doesn't see their wives as people. It's property so obviously you cannot offend my property because that's my property but for me being honored it is highly emotional for me to feel honored and in this case in the episode i think she's talking more along the lines of a toxic masculinity point of view if i'm not mistaken yeah so just remind because it's like oh no i have to finish this mission they're talking and archer is like so why why do you have to do it? Why do, why is it you that you have to do it when the Vulcans can send anyone? And she says it's a matter of honor. So it is in the more toxic masculinity, military honor, because she was military. So it's more like, oh, I have to finish. It, it has to be me that finishes this mission. No one else can do it or it doesn't mean anything. I think that's highly emotional. I think that's putting yourself in a position that it has to be you or no one. And I don't know, that sentence felt very non-Vulcan to me. Because, first of all, why does Vulcan have a military? Technically, Earth has moved past that at this point. Uh, right? Like, there's no more wars. We finished, we ended the wars. Well, no, because Reed said he didn't join the Navy because he's afraid of the water. But they, didn't they say that they ended the wars? Yeah, but I mean, the Navy is still a military unit. Yeah, no, I know, but that's uh, I'm I'm just calling. There's a mistake there, because I did I I I thought that they said that there were no more wars on Earth. Yeah, I would imagine Earth is at a point where all wars are ended, but we're still what I think a hundred years from now. I would imagine there's still just a little bit of mistrust where they're like, oh, they'll still have a military though, just just in case. I mean, we didn't talk about the fact that this guy first became a problem because the Vulcans 
indoctrinated and physically changed a bunch of people, 109 Vulcans, to look like other races, to infiltrate, to study them, to see if they could trust each other. Sure, it was a long time ago, but like, what the fuck? Well, it wasn't that long ago, if one of them's still alive. Yeah, it was long ago enough that T'Pol wasn't there for the first part of it. Well, T'Pol went to hunt them down 30 years ago. How long is the lifespan of a Vulcan? Uh, the Vulcan... The Vulcan lifespan is longer than that of humans. Vulcan have been known to live over 200 years, though there have been cases where it's 250 or 300 years. Okay, so this guy, it could have been before T'Pol was... It could have been bef- before T'Pol was born. So the the thing on Google said that once they reach adulthood, they slow down. So I think they're quicker, not than humans, but like it's a quicker development to adulthood and then they stop. So let's say that. She's been 30, it's been 30 years of her not working for the military. But let's say that she was young when she was going into the military, like fresh out of Vulcan Academy. She's in her 50s or 60s. Right. So she's a baby. So if this operation started before 30 years ago, it it makes sense that she's too young for the beginning. Doesn't mean that it's like 300 years old, but like, it makes sense. Yeah. What is, where did this conversation come from? I forgot. Because we were talking about, oh, how the Vulcans did this over hundreds of years. Oh, right. Yeah, I don't know, very emotional from the Vulcans to be like, let's just spy on people. They do that. Hmm. Here's, a, here's a question. Here's a question. We discussed whether honor is an emotion. Is trust an emotion? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I figured. Trust is not rational at all. You need your common sense. You need perception. You need previous experiences. You need to evaluate how you feel. I'm so tired, sick and tired of people not trusting their intuition. Intuition is not ra- not logical. It's not rational. Intuition is all bad. <laughs> like <laughs> Intuition is your, your body saying, this is not a good situation get out of here and you're like but everything seems okay and your intuition is like well no no it's not okay trust is definitely emotional yeah but presumably vulcans are taking a logical approach to these things because they're repressing their emotions i'm not saying it's right i'm not saying it's right i'm just saying this is presumably what vulcans do and so i mean maybe but like how does that work how do you trust someone it's i you, feel like that change is following orders and just place them into a whole different society to learn about them and see if you can trust them how is that not emotional <laughs> That's burn burn out of fear, distrust. Like it's no trusting someone has is emotional. I dare you to tell me that you trust me because of rational things. If you were rational, we wouldn't be here. Because you would the second time we met, you would have been like, This bitch is crazy <laughs> and you would not be my friend. But you see past that and you're like, Okay, so she's crazy, but she's not bad crazy. She's kind of okay crazy. She's my crazy. Yeah, exactly. So I think trust is 100% emotional. I could not tell you why I trust you on a rational level. Why do I trust you? Because you've been there for me when I felt like shit. If that's not emotional, I don't know what is. (laughs) 
I know, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to find ways to rationalize the Vulcan lack of rationale. <laughs> okay. So I think I'm changing my mind. I think Topol is right. The Vulcans are wrong. <laughs> Wait, hang on. Which time was she right? Because you're saying she was wrong at the start? Like, she's right all the time. All the the, oh. pr- the poor thing was brainwashed. She was brainwashed. And she was manipulated into not having her memories. Like, the poor thing has gone through enough. But I think the Vulcans are wrong. As always. You, they usually are. Yeah, Vulcans <laughs> are usually wrong. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm 50-50 with Isopol, right? I'm 50-50 as well, because as I said, I could definitely see a version of this episode where Menos turns out to be innocent and Topol lets him go. And we would also be saying Topol was right. Because how many times have we seen Star Trek not interfering. <laughs> like, yeah. That's the best job that they do at Starfleet. Yeah, that would be not very... And I could... I mean, come on. I can definitely also see Archer saying the exact opposite thing to Paul in that situation whereby, like, some sort of version of you don't have to carry out their order or... I don't know. But I can definitely see Archer in a situation persuading Paul to let someone go. Yeah, but the thing here is we know, because we do, that Captain Archer is not written very well. Like, he's all over the place in the morale scale. I think it's consistent with how inconsistent humans are. Because we are hypocritical people, and we're constantly drawing lines and then crossing them for our friends. And he's a human, as far as we know. So let's, let's talk about... My baby! No. Departure. Oh, uh, I thought we were going to talk about Trip. We will talk about Trip. And let, I mean, let's talk about Trip now, because... No, 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 let's take Departure out of the way. Well, no, because I want to talk about Trip in relation to Departure, okay? Oh, because uh, how he was so jealous well, and... No, not so... I just... I don't know if you remember this, Andrea. Because, I know, maybe it was one of those dream episodes that never happened because it's never been brought up again. But there was an episode <laughs> in season one where T'Pol was going through a kind of personal emotional crisis. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, could you refresh my memory? Because I believe there was a member, a male member of the crew who was there for her, who she confided in. And they had this heart to heart and it was like they did really well and set the, the foundations of a really strong relationship there. That was that was Archer, right? You know, that's where this that's right, where this yeah. has been, yeah. this is yeah. built upon that, right? Right. And they've had so many interactions since. You know, it's not like they've completely forgotten about mm-hmm. that. No. <laughs> it just it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating because this episode I mean, I feel like every single episode we've had where they've tried to shift Archer and T'Pol, I don't understand why they switched to Archer. I cannot wait. To finish Enterprise, because the first thing I do when I finish Enterprise, I'm going to do a deep dive and find out. I'm going to read like every interview with the writers of the show and find out why they veered away from Trip and T'Pol towards Archer and T'Pol. And then, because we know they veered back again, was this Scott Bakula saying, oh, I want a romance? Or was this audience being like, oh, we want to see T'Pol and Archer? And then audience saying, oh, no, 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 we don't want to see T'Pol and Archer. What, like what why because <laughs> please we made a mistake literally first episode trip and to paul are literally rubbing each other down half naked 
Then they have this heart-to-heart emotional thing. It seemed to have been there from the beginning. And, like, this this would have been a brilliant episode to build on that. You know, I can see this working as a classic, oh, they're getting closer again moment. But no, it's fucking Archer. I think it wouldn't be so bad if the first episode of the show wasn't the the one that it was. I cannot say this enough or repeat this enough. It was literally my first text to you about the show. Literally, when I watched the show, it was my first text. I was, was like, the tension, was. the sexual tension between Trip and DePaul is off the chain. Yep. And imagine if that wasn't there. If the, the decontamination scene was just like any other scene since then. Like, they're just rubbing themselves and maybe the, the back, but like, not sexual. And then they started building the Archer and DePaul thing. I think maybe we wouldn't be as opposed. I mean, I think we would have been because there's no chemistry there. But at least we wouldn't have that other thing in our minds like, oh, but this is still lingering, right? But no, they gave us the best scene, arguably the horniest scene, on the first episode. First episode. Like, come on. I can't wait to see how they go back to it. Because they can't just pretend that this shipping of Archer and T'Pol never happened. They're going to have to address it. I don't think they will. I don't remember them addressing it. It's just frustrating because it feels like the writers are like, oh, well, T'Pol can only have one close relationship with one male character and it has to be romantic. It's like they weren't able to have her be romantic with Trip, but also have this, you know, budding relationship of trust with Archer? No, if she's going to have a budding relationship... Well, it's the 2000s... I don't know. Female characters. (laughs) It's so frustrating. And then we didn't get a Tapavis episode. I would have liked Tapal and Travis together on this episode. Oh, that would have been so good. That would have been fun, because, you know, as we've discussed, Travis doesn't get enough screen time. And even in this episode, I had to laugh, because the (laughs) like the three of them go down... But when they walk into the bar, they just show to Paul and Archer. Like, Travis is off to the side. And it's like, he's right there, guys. I mean, why are you not including him in this shot? It's so frustrating. Yeah. I think it would have been great for Archer not to go. And to Paul having to trust another person. Yeah. It would have been even better if Trip was the one to go down to the surface with her. I can think of one thing that would have been slightly better because, you know, obviously they go down to a new planet. Uh, we see instances of them not being able to understand people because they're speaking different alien languages. I see where you're going I with this. I think it would this. have been... It would have been... Oh, I think... Oh, if only there was someone on the crew who's, like, really proficient with languages. Whose job... Yeah. Whose job is to be good with languages. I know, I know, but, you know... Who is that person? They could have had a picture of Menos and they could have asked people, have you seen this guy? But they they didn't speak the language, so they couldn't do that. No. It's a shame they didn't have someone who could do that. Yeah. Okay, so let's go a little in chronological order because that's the way I have them written down. Okay. And you know, at the beginning of the episode, when they're... Like, when the captain is being like, we have to go to this place, everyone is there, and he's like... To Tapol, what what will you need for the mission? And she's like, fucking bondage shit. <laughs> like, winter gear. <laughs> and, mm. 
and this and that. The face trip makes to to Mayweather when Sepul mentions what they only like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bitch. <laughs> then when it's mentioned that Captain Archer it's to go with her and he tells Trip. I have in all caps, Trip is talking sense because he said This isn't just a case of curiosity. But what if you get hurt? Kidnapped. You put me in charge of the ship, you won't tell me where you're going? How am I supposed to be a good temporary captain if I don't know where my people are? Tell me that. I think that that makes sense. Because, again, why is the captain and first officer going away on a mission together? When there's so many people that would have worked better than that. For example, Reed is the security officer. Hoshi is the linguist. And fucking Trip is there for emotional support, bitch. I don't know. Anyone is better, but no, they have to talk about trust. Yeah. Um, then I have, so this is before they go down on anything. I said, before I watch anything else, is this another departure ploy? Kind of was. It definitely was. Didn't work, though. We're on to them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're watching. Then when they get on the... Listen, I really try to love... Start Starfleet captains. I really try. <laughs> but when they get down to the planet and the first thing he does is get on a table and shout and get shot. What were you thinking? Then what do, what did you think about the conversation between Reed, Flux and Trip up in the dining room? I really didn't like this this subplot because it doesn't make sense well no because trip is a chief engineer he's a commander he's risen to that position and rank for a reason he is able to make decisions and lead yeah and they completely just make fun of him yeah make fun of him and make him look like an idiot and a poor captain for the sake of a really shitty comic subplot with a really really shit punchline the worst punchline i've ever seen where the message the Vulcan wants to relay to Captain Archer is the result of a fucking water polo match. It's never even brought up. Like, Trip doesn't even say that to him, does he? No. He doesn't relay the message. No. Yeah, that was unnecessary and so stupid. And It was just, yeah, it just was a complete like, disservice oh, to Trip. Ca- Captain Archer told me to do this and it's going to take two days. Then continue what Captain Archer said. Also. Also, also, <laughs> yeah. Flox is like, we need to inoculate against this disease. That never comes up again. The disease, the disease may have this. Sorry, the inoculation may have side effects that would render people unavailable or you know bedridden. And then, literally ten seconds later, oh, we need to come up with some way to say that Archer's unavailable. If only, if only we had some sort of reason or some sort of excuse to give the Vulcans as to why Archer might be unavailable. God damn it. This is... Oh, if only. Oh, right. If only. I didn't even think about that. God damn my goldfish memory. <laughs> I didn't even oh, think no. about that. Like literally do the inoculation. Vulcans want to speak to Captain Archer. Sorry, Captain Archer has the shits. He literally just can't come to the phone right now. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, uh. he, he's indisposed. There, there's this virus going in. I don't know if you heard, COVID-110. Again, virus never came up again. Never mentioned. No. Archer and Paul come back to the ship. Everyone's fine. We don't know. Were, were they inoculated? Have they come back to a ship covered in shit? We don't know. <laughs> you know, people walking around with brown stains on their nice blue suits. Yeah. We just don't know. Um. <laughs> yeah, that was, like, it was funny, but not funny enough that it made sense to keep it in. Because, again, he's the chief engineer and he's a commander. So he has, like, the whole engineering team is underneath him in rank. So he's the responding officer, right? Like, if there's a problem in engineering, they would go to him. Imagine if they're like, oh, there's this problem with the warp reactor. What should we do? And he's like, oh, let me get back to you on it. Like, no. (laughs) I also feel like one of Tripp's whole things is that he literally makes rash decisions and he's very quick to make judgments and decisions without thinking them through. And it just doesn't fit with his character that he's suddenly placed in this position of slightly higher authority, not massively higher authority. And he's like, I don't know. I'm scared. But also, it doesn't make sense. Like, he's an acting captain, so I would assume, maybe I've forgotten this, probably, but when they're having the conversation, does Flock say that Archer told him to do that? Like, to study the... No, I don't know. No, I don't think Archer's aware of it. Archer's not aware of it. This is the first they've heard of it, I think. Okay, because I... One of them says, Archer told me to do... Reed. Reed wants the torpedo things realigned or something. And Archer said yes. Yeah, because I think my, my recollection is that Reed actually brings that up in the meeting with Paul right. when they're talking about having four days to kill. You know, what are we going to do? And Reed's like, oh, well, I can do this. Right. So why are you bringing it up again? You should be doing it. Because the captain says, use this time to do this. Yeah. And then he's like, I would like to do this. Bitch, you already have permission. Do it. Also, I, I can't remember what the virus is, but I'm like, virus? Potential side lymphoma effects Lymphoma virus. I think it says a lymphoma virus. Do you know how that bad that serious. would be if you caught that? Yeah. Lymphoma is <laughs> the, important. Lympho- yeah, <laughs> the lymphatic system is all around your body. Yeah. Mm, I would hope that I get vaccinated if there's a virus that goes against it. I don't mind if I shit myself, I piss myself, I throw up. It's okay, we'll clean it up, but like, fucking stab me here, please. My final note, um, I just want to reiterate, uh, Jolene Blackhawk is putting in a fucking amazing performance, first of all. I agree, 100%. The slow cracks and widening of those cracks in her calm and logical nature, leading to the kind of full mental breakdown. Of not knowing who to trust. Amazing. Round of applause. Round of applause. Yeah. I mean, every time that we talk about it, we say the same thing. But like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have more notes. They're, they're silly notes. Yay. This episode just cracked like me up. <laughs> so, you know, when they, uh, they, they uh, imprison Minos. Yeah. And they're looking for a place to hold him. And the guy from the planet is like, does this look like a prison to you? My first reaction was like, yes, it does. Yeah, it does look like, yeah. It, it does look like a prison because it's all grey. It's all closed off from the environment outside. 
Yeah. Mm, yeah, it is. Uh, so that was one of my notes. Then I have rehabilitated, unquote, from something they made them do. Because, like, I understand. Yeah, I understand if... I don't know. It's it's a it's a. I feel I feel like we're getting into shaky territory here because the Vulcan set them out for a mission. Wouldn't it have been easier to come back and plead their case to the Vulcans instead of running away? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. And then two more things. When he escaped through the floor trap. Yep, trap floor 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 trap. Wasn't the floor outside toxic? Yeah. Okay. I thought it was, but then I saw them all running, and I'm like, was it another floor? But I think it's the floor where the ships are, which is why it was a problem to go into the ship in the first place. Well, presumably, Paul still had those acid-resistant seatbelts wrapped around his shoes, and right. maybe they'd found some other acid-resistant seatbelts. So when she's standing there, and Archer comes out. And Minus is like over here. They're standing there for a while, and then she shoots, and he falls face first onto the floor. Doesn't the guy say, "Oh, you can't leave for like three hours. It's going to take three hours." So maybe like three hours have passed. Maybe, maybe. Let's give them that. Let's give them that. And then they find that he was bad all along, and they open the thing, and they find radioactive Seven Up. Yeah. Or like Mountain Dew. And that was so funny. Like, that's Mountain Dew. I've seen that on my grocery store. I mean, it's it does look radioactive and it does look dangerous and it does look like, why are you carrying that? But like, it's so funny. It was bottles of Mountain Dew. I think we have to credit the episode somehow because at least twice Archer is like, oh, we're going to have to go through decon and we don't get, we don't get, yeah. <laughs> we don't get that decon scene. Thank God. Can you imagine how awkward that would have been for Travis? <laughs> I cannot imagine because that is not an, an image I want. I think she has enough gel on her now, Captain. I think I think she's fine. I think I think she's got enough. I think this is it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You. 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 You're good. Yeah. You're good. Good. You're good. <laughs> so yeah. Overall, I think it was a good episode. Do you want to do the awards? Yeah. So it was an okay episode. Would you want a spin-off of any character? No. Okay, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> Horniest moment. I don't think there is one. I think they're going for a more emotional Archer and Topol, which doesn't work. But there's no horny moments. There's no horny moments in this. Uh, any line on a shirt? No, I can't think of anything. No, me neither. No, it wasn't a, it wasn't a quotable episode. Will this be a contender for best or worst episode? Well, I don't think for worst. I don't think for best. It's not that bad. But the rest of the season has to be very shit for this to be the best episode. So I hope not. I think it's a contender for best performance from one of the actors. Yeah. And is it an episode that you would recommend to a new person going into Star Trek? I mean, maybe. It kind of... It's, it's a solid episode. It has a moral quandary, which we like in Star Trek. Um, I don't think they need to know mm -hmm. too much about it. The The only downside is that shitty trip subplot. Um, I think that would probably stop me recommending it. Like all the stuff with T'Pol and Archer on the planet, getting your man is good. But the stuff with Trip is just... That's 
that is worst episode stuff. Like I feel like that's really dragging the episode down. Oh. It's not it's not a contender for worst episode, but I do think I really did dislike that subplot. I just don't think it added anything. I don't know if I would recommend this as a, an episode because how new to Star Trek are they? Do they know about Vulcans in general? If they know about Vulcans, then maybe yeah, because if they know that Vulcans are supposed to be emotionless and then they get this performance, that's good. That's good shit. But if they don't know that they're supposed to be emotionless, I don't know. So it would depend on how how much do they know. It's not one that I would say don't watch, but to recommend it, it would be like, I don't know, maybe. It's a maybe for me. Okay. So do you have anything else to add? No. Thank you for joining us in this week's episode, the seventh. I have to say, calling the seventh episode the seventh, power move. Yeah, strong. Hope you enjoyed, and we'll be back next week with the next episode. You can follow us on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at potmeupscotty, or email us at potmeupscotty at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye! Bye! Scotty, come in. The thing you said, you quoted yourself, and you said, the thing is, this tension deserves to be resolved in a full-on porn episode, but I know it won't. Yeah. And I said, ha 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 ha, God, I wish. (laughs)